Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, Brad, we are here. We have a guest. We have, when's the last time we had a guest? Oh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a this while. Is, this is an honor because it's been so long. It's just the you and I usually just yammering back and forth. But now, <laughs> now we have a pro. So we yes, have to be exactly. Professional now. So let us introduce you to that guest, Justin Allegri. You can see the San Jose State uh, logo there in the background. Uh, give us, uh, give, give us your your credentials here. Where where are where are people listening to you these days? First of all, thanks for having me on. I, I feel so much tremendous pressure now that uh, that I'm your first guest in a while. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun to be on with you guys. Uh, San Jose State football and basketball uh, on 8:60 a.m. KTRB uh, for all of our our games, and uh, we also stream on our San Jose State Athletics app for all of our games. That's probably the easiest way for fans in the area to 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 get it. We um we have a package with NBC Sports Bay Area which we have some games televised as well this year it included two football games and six men's and women's basketball games and some other sports as well. So trying to get that brand out there um and and that's the easiest way you can you can see us or or listen to us. So Justin and and Brad and I were talking off air but Brad and I are also San Jose State grads, and what's what's awesome about this connection here is Brad, you know, was running the the uh, the sports department on the radio side back in the day, and he would he would let me come on the the weekend shows every once in a while to say hi. But um, I just I love the connection because you know you're you're doing an extension of, of what Brad and I did. Gosh, how how many years now, Brad? Twenty five. Is that how long it's been? Yeah, yeah. A lot of gray between then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, so it's near and dear to our hearts, obviously, uh, Spartans. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about San Jose State because they are going to a bowl game this year. Uh, and I, I saw a tweet of yours that said that, that the men's basketball team was off to a pretty good start as well. So we'll do that. But you're also a Giants fan. So we're going to sprinkle in some Giants stuff as well for, for, the, for the time that we have you. Yeah, I think this is like the perfect marriage of, of uh, Spartans and, and Giants because, you know, I, I was also at the student station running the sports department uh, in my time at San Jose State and then, and then lashed on as a full-time employee. But I also do some San Jose Giants baseball uh, with Joe Rizzo, who's who's their primary voice. Voice. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of best of both worlds, I guess, for this one. I'm throwing off your feng shui, though. I don't have any giants uh, <laughs> arrow in the back. Yeah, here. it's I all right. A bunch it's of bobbleheads, but they're just off camera. No, it, it's it's <laughs> totally fine. Okay, so uh, I talked to. I, I would imagine you're pretty familiar with this name. Uh, the writer, one of the college football writers from the Athletic, Chris Vanini. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chatted with him the other day, and I asked him. I said, okay. San Jose State, they are in a bowl this year. Or east is it Eastern? Who are Eastern they playing? Michigan. Eastern Michigan. And I was like, you know, give give me some good news. Give me some good juju here. I know they're favored. And you know, he he hasn't watched a lot of Spartans this year, but he was more familiar with the team that went to the bowl a couple years ago. Right. But he, you know, I, I know we're favored. We're we should 
technically probably win this game. He was telling me sort of some of the reasons why. But as the voice of the Spartans, I want to hear it from you because, you know, I don't, I used to get out to a lot more San Jose State games than I do now, but still, you know, there's, there's always the, if we actually get to a bowl, like this is like, okay, now it's must see television on uh, December 20th. I'm sitting in front of the TV and I'm watching this ball game. So give us some of the, give us some of the information, uh, expectations, um, you know, kind of like uh, what, what are the main bits of this game for Spartan fans? Well, first of all, Brent Brennan, who's a local product, is the head coach, um, and he's really latched onto the university, and he, he came to games as a, a young child and kind of has a connection with, with San Jose State. He was here as an assistant coach a number of years ago and then got the head coaching job back in 2017. And when he came on, the, the culture shift really started because San Jose State football, as you guys know, consistency hasn't been consistent for San Jose state football. And they've just been struggling and struggling to get back-to-back win seasons or just some sort of relevancy in whatever conference they've been in. And it hasn't been the case up until the last three years, Uh, 2020 when San Jose state won the mountain West conference title, they beat Boise state. Who's the perennial favorite. Um, They kind of firmly submitted their name in, in, in the conference. And in order to do that, you have to back it up. And, and this year, the Spartans, well, they had a couple of missteps. They, they still had a good season. They had a chance at least to compete for a conference title. Now they're going to a bowl game for the first time since the late 80s, two bowls for the same head coach in his tenure. So that's the good news. Um, you know, and, and Coach Brennan, I think, has put a staff around him that is all about making sure that the Bay Area is aware of what San Jose State is about, getting good players on the field, uh, and good players off the field. Um, and this team in particular is a very talented one. I'm sure everybody, if you look into San Jose State, you're, you're going to probably hear mostly about the defense for the Spartans. The player of the year in the Mountain West Conference is Viliami Fajoko. He's tremendous, just, just an old-school type of player that is violent and fun to watch, gets into the backfield a bunch. He's third in the country in tackles for loss this year. He's fun. Uh, one of the all-time leading tacklers in program history is Kyle Harmon. He's one of the linebackers. Cade Hall, who won a 2020 Player of the Year in the Mountain West Conference. He's still on defensive front. That group is great. And the Spartans, over the course of the offseason last year, uh, kind of like free agency, really, they, they with transfer rules in college football, it's, uh, it's interesting because Spartans <laughs> went out and got a, a quarterback transfer from within the conference at the University of Hawaii uh, in Chevin Cordero, and he has been as advertised, if not better. Um, doesn't turn the ball over, runs the football really well, tremendous passer. And then on the edge, the Spartans brought in two wide receivers from Nevada, another conference school, uh, and one of them nearly uh, ripped off a 1,000-yard season this year uh, in, in 11 games for San Jose State. So... A lot of fun elements to this team, both offensively and defensively, and, and it makes it special, and and that's why they're they're playing in December. When I was growing up, uh, my dad would take me to San Jose State games, and this is probably mid to late 80s, and Spartans were better than Stanford and Cal back then. Like, I remember watching Mike Perez, who his, uh, he's got some records from back in the day, uh, guys like Sheldon Canley and, and my frustration was always that, Oh wow. San Jose state has these good players, but I never got They never, you know, really played in the pros though. There was a few, like I think Ted right. Kennedy made the 49ers. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson uh, uh, was a player there for a little bit. So from the perspective of, you know, I'll, you mentioned it with the different transfer rules and, and stuff. And, you know, Deion Sanders going to Colorado and basically telling all the Colorado players, yeah, you may want to look into getting out of here. Cause I'm bringing all my <laughs> Jackson state players to, to come over. Right. <laughs> so the game is a little, the game is a little different, obviously. Um, how has San Jose state been able to sort of kind of bring the program back a little bit because uh, you mentioned like even, transfers in the conference like it just seems like it's it's so much of a different ball game than 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 it was back in the day when you're just sort of building these giant programs does 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 this have some sustainability can we expect San Jose State to be pretty good in in the future as well yeah I think so And, and it is a lot different the way that coaches have to recruit now because you need the the flashy elements to attract somebody whether it be a transfer or a freshman uh, and now with NIL uh, 
contributions too, that there's that whole side of things. But I think what the coaching staff and now the administration has done is put in a program that allows for sustainability. So off the field, there's a, there's a program called beyond Sparta that connects student athletes to internships in the Bay area at tech companies, because as we all know, not every player is going to go on and and have a, a pro career. Sure. All of them think they might, but at the end of the day, they have to have something out of college that they can go to as a professional. And not a lot of universities have, one, the opportunity for the Bay Area uh, tech companies and, and all the, the the opportunities there, but also to have a program like that to help them. So that's one attractive piece for them off the field. And then on the field, I mean, look, you have a coaching staff that's really bought in and is made a culture that is fun to be around for these guys. And I think ultimately that's really what helps draw in transfers. If they're having a bad experience or they know they're not going to get as much playing time, they're going to see this group of, of coaches and players and, and see how fun it is and, and want to come over here and, and try it out. And then word starts to spread. And, and that's how you get really good. That's how the Spartans a couple of years ago got Nick Starkle, who was the quarterback that was at two SEC schools uh, and then transferred to San Jose State for two years. Uh, he wanted to be in California. He thought it would be fun. And he won a title. Um, so words, word starts to go around. And then you, you have to build off of that, obviously. So there's there's new facilities that are being built and have been built on campus because we, we all know it's an arms race for, for things on campus for student athletes to be a part of. So I think there is some sustainability because there is a buy-in now from the university and from the administration and the coaching staff has been able to stay intact. I mean, we, we've, I can't remember what the, the number is, but it's the same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinator and same head coach for more than three years in a row for the first time ever. Wow. Uh, and, and they've been together for six years now. So it's pretty darn good. And, and it, I think that just helps the, the players buy in even more. And, and the thing we always worry about too, as Spartan fans, and a lot of the smaller colleges, I'm sure, always worry about this, too. When you start to build a program and you have a great coaching staff, of course, all the other larger colleges around the country are going to start looking at that. Right. They're going to start putting their tentacles out there and, and kind of, uh, you know, I've heard Coach Brennan, um, his name was tied to Stanford for a little bit, uh, you know, and, and that's always a worry. What's kind of the what, what's kind of the the rumors going around right now or, or uh, something that can make us Spartan fans feel better about the future with coach Brennan? Well, I think the, the, the worry always is, is that your, your coach is going to leave for another job. I mean, and, and Spartan fans know that because we saw Mike McIntyre do that and you can't fault him that they, they took a right. team to double digit win season to a military ball. And someone came in with a ludicrous offer. And what, what are you supposed to say? If you're coach McIntyre, the difference to me is that, uh, Coach Brennan, one, has a, a very significant tie to the Bay Area and this university. But two, every step that you would think, gosh, he could leave for another job, the university has come in and helped support, whether that be more in the coach's pool or more to facilities or more to nutrition and, and health and, and whatever it may be. They've come to support that to help it along rather than in the past where it was just like, well, we, we can't match that number. Um, now, maybe they can't match the salary, but they can they can help get the program better and keep moving forward. And that's what they've been able to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's always that concern. But, uh, you know, that that's the nature of, of college football when you have these multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollar budgets sometimes at some schools that, that you just can't compare with. See, Brad, if, uh, if we became super rich – you and I, as <laughs> as alumni, we we could we could have yeah. helped this 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 problem. Hey, so kind of uh, I, this is a more of a serious thing, but I wanted to bring it up because I know uh, that it, it kind of shaped the, the school a little bit. And uh, I have some friends who who work on campus at San Jose State, but the the young player uh, uh, Camden McWright, uh, who passed away, football player, was in was in that terrible accident. How like how has that affected just not only the football team but just the 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 campus when you have somebody like that who is in the community who is a, a newcomer to the school and then a, a tragic accident like that happens like I can't like it's just you know uh, Brad and I are, are, are parents of you yeah. know my kids are are, are in their twenties and just thinking about that kind of uh, I, I was just like man that 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 is so tough but did like how did the how did they heal from from that 
scenario. And if they even have been able to heal. Yeah, I think that's the right way of saying it. It's it you know, you, you really see the stages of grief uh with a with a group that's going through it, especially a group that's eighteen to twenty two year old uh college age students. You know, they they've never handled something like this before, a lot of them at least. Um and, and the way that it happened and and it just just was awful. Awful. Um you know, the, the running back group, I think, took it the hardest because they were working with Camden the most. And, and Coach Carter, who's the running back coach, um, really was somebody that they could lean on. But it, 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 it got to him, too. And the coaching staff, you know, they, they handled it as best as they could. But, I mean, how do you handle something like that? Right. Um, you know, so obviously the Spartans didn't play that week. And the week thereafter was kind of a light week and they tried to do some team bonding things and just to, to try and figure out how do we handle different emotions from different players over the course of the week. But I, I think you're right in a lot of ways they're, they're still not over it. I mean, we went to San Diego state and uh, they, they left flowers at the six yard line because Camden wore number six um, Utah state had six on their helmets. When we played at their place, they painted their six yard line blue and, um, everybody's done something. So there's this constant memory and reminder of, of what happened. I, I just don't think you can expect the team to get through that at all. Uh, yeah. they, they handled it as best they can, but I mean, you know, you could still drive by that intersection and there's still flowers and, and candles uh, there today. So it, it's, it was just awful and, and nothing like I'd ever seen. And hopefully I never see it again. Uh, but, but in addition to that, um, earlier this year, a former running back who was a police officer in San Jose, he also passed away and he was on the 2020 team. So a lot of wow. players in this team knew him. Um, it, it, it's, it's been a tough one for, for most of the guys on the team. Uh, his name was Dijon Packer. So yeah, rough. Um, and, you know, I, I think being that they are tight knit, it helped him get through it. And, you know, I talked with coach Brennan about this and he, he said it on his radio show, he, he talked about Camden in that he was the nicest kid you'd ever meet, super friendly, come up to you, say hi. And he wasn't just saying that because of what happened to him. It genuinely who, who he was, which made it made it all the worse. And Spartans were going to play him against New Mexico State that week. That's why he was coming on the road trip. Um, and it was just awful, just awful. Yeah, that's rough. That that It is um... – you know, and, and Brad and I being on that campus and walking on that campus, and that is not just a football um, tragedy, right? right? Like the the entire school feels that, the community feels that, and and I know that you know, like yeah, I, I how can you how can you be healed? You you you're constant. You're going to be healing from that. So, uh, just quickly uh, back to the the game, the the twentieth, December twentieth, the I, I didn't know the famous piece of this, the famous <laughs> Idaho famous, potato okay. bowl. Uh, so the Spartans play uh, Eastern Michigan. Like we said, it's at 1230 PM uh, Pacific. Uh, you're you're going to be, you're going to be doing the game. Yeah. We'll be on site. Yep. Uh, 30 minute pregame show for us. So we'll, we'll kick, get going at noon Pacific on 860 AM. Nice. And any, I mean, you don't have to make a prediction, but you got some good feeling about, about the team. You know, I did my first run through the prep last week, and I'm starting to like really dive in. I, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, they have a thousand yard rusher this year, uh, Eastern Michigan. They got a, a pretty good pass rush um, and, a, and a, an okay pass defense. Um, Spartans, I think it's going to help with a couple of weeks in, in between games. They had a tough back to back against San Diego State and uh, Utah State on the road before coming home against Hawaii on Thanksgiving week to to win that final game. But looking at the numbers and kind of the personnel. I think the Spartan defense is probably better. Um, the run game, obviously, is the strength for Eastern Michigan. They're going to be pretty good. And, you know, another another aspect to, to think about is that it's going to be about 12 degrees, 15 degrees at kickoff up there. Uh, so, so, so we're here. I, I don't know if that'll change. I don't know if that favors Eastern Michigan because they're more used to the cold. Sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's difficult to throw the ball in, in cold weather like that. So, it will be interesting to see how that that pans out. I have all the faith, though, in Chevin Cordero because uh, he just makes things happen. So we'll see. We'll see. Should be a good one, though. Yeah, I, f- I feel bad for the broadcasters there with the weather. Oh, no. Don't feel <laughs> bad for us. We'll be in a nice warm booth. We'll kick our feet up pregame. Don't you worry. 
okay, so let's talk some Giants, and uh, if, I want to start first with the baby Giants, uh, since since you're you're pretty pretty close to that team. Uh, Brad and I have covered uh, a few of the the prospects, you know, as, as we're talking about guys, and and the person who I think we both thought was just going to kind of be in San Jose, get through San Jose, and just go to the next level fairly quickly was Will Bednar. And I know he's had yeah. some injuries uh, that 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 hurt him, but also just, you know, control issues, and and I'm sure it's related. But what were your thoughts on on his season this year, being that he was the the top pick a couple years ago and, I, and still highly touted by the organization? Yeah, it's interesting when you see a, a guy that has had a lot of college experience come in um, because you feel like he's going to be already at the next level to vault his way up. Uh, but sometimes, you know, that that doesn't pan out as much. And I'm not saying it's not going to for Bednar, but I think the injuries did have a lot to do with kind of his slow progression and uh, coming out of college and what the workload was for him. And when you k- get to the Giants, they have a certain routine and repetition and they're, they're very strict on your pitches count and and how many innings you're going to go in, in a given season so I don't know if he ever was able to get into a rhythm um, with the injuries that he had and and trying to find his way but he's a guy that I'm going to root for because when he was on the stuff was great uh, and, and you can understand why he was such a high pick um, but we, we just we just didn't see the consistency because of that in, in San Jose and, and I'm sure He's going to figure things out, um, it, and it's it's difficult because I think fans want to see a guy drafted that high excel quickly, uh, but sometimes that's just not the case for, for a pitcher especially, and, and especially for a starter that you, you want to try and lean on. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think he was really slowed down with those injuries. I got to see him in his first start uh, the year prior when he came in right at the end and he threw right. a few innings. I, so I got to see the first start, and my thought was, oh, like he's he's just gonna cruise through and then we'll right. you know he'll have to go. and and so to see that happen I was like wow that is that wasn't the guy who I saw at the end of the season so I still have high hopes for him and and hopefully that you know he can put some of that stuff behind him because you know he's he's somebody who should be pitching at a high level just based on his sure. credentials and, and sure. his talent yeah and I think there's a lot of Giants prospects in terms of the pitching side of things that you could say well, gosh, these guys should be elevating quickly. And there are other guys that maybe are more that fly under the radar and get bumped up quickly um, just because they, they've got a grasp of it sooner uh, rather than the other guys. It, it, it's so it's so more or less random at that level. If somebody picks on picks it up quickly and gets the instruction and implements that instruction, they have a really good chance of excelling fast. But if there's some sort of slow uh, progression to it, they're going to take it slow, and and that's when things you know start to to wane on a young player. You also got to see think, Kyle Harrison. Oh, yeah. Kyle Harrison, yeah, Kyle Harrison is one of my favorite San Jose Giants to come through the system. I mean, he was phenomenal, and he he was one of those guys when he came in, you knew he was going to go somewhere else. Just, yeah. I mean, he's just young, his electric fastball. He was developing multiple pitches. He already had the repertoire. He was he's the real deal. Now he's a guy. We will see very quickly in the bigs, uh, and he was a guy out of high school. So, it, it just just two different directions, but that's that's how development works. I mean, you, you can never predict who's going to be the the, the diamond in the rough. Uh, speaking of that, too, I think Giants fans, uh, you know, we get a little frustrated because we're seeing other organizations with a twenty year old being called up, and right. uh, you know, and, and we're hearing now about Ellie De La Cruz in, in Cincinnati. Um, uh, you know, uh, O'Neal in Pittsburgh this past season. And so we, we want to see that. We, we saw a taste of Elio Ramos this past uh, season. Didn't quite pan out. Things weren't there. Right. Uh, we, we, need, we need to see outfielders. We need to see prospects. We see, you said Vaughn Brown come through San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we keep seeing these names and Giants fans kind of get excited, but we always know as a Giants fan, we're going to be a little bit slower than other organizations when it comes to it um, with in San Jose, do you see a lot of that? Do you see a lot of fans uh, saying, well, this guy's going to move up quickly. And when they don't, they get frustrated. Um, 
you know, because I, I know we say it on here a lot. We, we definitely want to see more prospects up, but also we want to win now. So we yeah. also want to see Aaron Judge. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see Carlos Rodon come back. You can't have it both ways. Right. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? It's, I think, I think offensive players, um, it's different because, you know, I, I've always heard that once you get to double A, the pitching is the best and your numbers can go down. But if you're a player, how do you handle your numbers going down, even though you might not be as, as bad as you think you are? Um, you know, when Elliot Ramos was here, he was dominant and, yeah. you know, he, he moved up to the next level and he, he struggled a little bit and then he got some success. And now he's that teetering position of, do I make the roster for the full time or do I, am I a triple A guy? How do I get better? Um, but you, you get different type of player. Vaughn Brown had one of the best seasons I've ever seen last year. I mean, and there was reason that he got called up as quickly as he did. He was great combination of speed, power, batting average, you, you name it, defense, arm, everything. Um, and then he went up to, to, to the high A level and, and continued to have some success. And there are a lot of guys like that. But there are a lot of names that you don't necessarily think of just because they weren't the hot talent coming out. Like when Joey Bart was in San Jose – he wasn't here very long either. And then, you know, he, he moved up and he's kind of been up and down and everybody's been documented about that. And then you start to question, all right, is this the right person for the position? And then opinions start flying and you never know what happens. But um, at, at the Giants level, especially now that they're the, the low A, I, I think what's the most fun is that you get to see a lot of just raw talent. And yeah. some guys that are just in their first year or first full season having at it some guys figuring things out and, and you just see the, the, the raw potential of what it could be. Um, I mean, some guys are 18 years old, you know, yeah. sometimes they're 17 years old. Um, you know, Luciano was, was outstanding and, and he was just a, a youngster. I mean, and, and you think about that and you say, well, he's, he's not going to be on the big league team for a few more years, but he was, he was dominating the league that he was in when he was 18. So what yeah. do you do with that? I mean, Absolutely. I, 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 I yeah. All right, so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna let Justin go here in a second, but I did want to get his thoughts on one of the stories from from the big club. And for the last two weeks, Brad and I have been doing this uh, little segment called the Judge Report, oh, and boy. we were just kind of taking all of the rumors and innuendo and stories about where Judge was going, and then we publish we we publish on 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 Monday evening, Tuesday morning, and then w- I, I forget it was a. Uh, Hanniger signed and then judge was like a couple days after. So I promised that we would do one more judge report. It's going to be short on my end. Cause I literally have one sentence to say, <laughs> but then I'll open it up to you and just want to get your thoughts on, on, uh, on the whole judge thing that happened. But let, let, let's hit the, uh, let's hit the segment here. All right, I have one statement for this judge report. Aaron Judge is dead to me. <laughs> I tweeted that when it happened, and that's it. That's my that's my whole judge report here. But Justin, I wanted to give you a chance to ta- just talk about you know kind of the whole whirlwind that that was that, and you being in the media, you saw John Heyman's tweet uh, oh. like everyone else did, and. And just your overall thoughts on, on what happened with Judge back to the Yankees. I'll tell you this. That was the first time I'd ever rooted for a Fresno State Bulldog to come back home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, it's, it's tough because the, all, all the statements and comments of the Yankees are using the Giants to, to – or Judge is using the Giants to get a better offer from the Yankees. And I don't know that I believe that. I really think that Farhan wanted to – to bring judge to, to San Francisco. I really think that they had the offer on the table. They had the money as much as we know that the, the giants are not really willing to go long-term contract, big numbers. He was the guy that you'd want to be your franchise player. And I think they gave him the best offer as possible. And that's, that's very difficult for giants fans to hear because the best offer possible was given to Bryce Harper and he didn't come here. Uh, the best offer possible was given to multiple other players that haven't come here. Um, but ultimately, you know, you look at that and you say, he's, he's kind of the New York Yankee guy, you know, yeah. do, do you pry Jeter in his prime away? No, you probably don't. And, and I think judge is in that category. Uh, I, I think given the offer, if it was close, he was going to choose the Yankees. 
And it's a, it's a valiant effort from the Giants. It really is. And it stings as a Giants fan. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's not something that really ever seemed like it was going to truly be a reality unless it actually happened. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I, I had, think that's a good point. Yeah. I think I had said that too, right, right after it happened and you saw the numbers and you saw the offers and then it just became a reality that he really wasn't going to be coming to San Francisco. He really, really just wanted yeah. to remain a Yankee, um, which kind of put us behind the eight ball to begin with. Um, and, and no, I, I believe Farhan, I, I believe that he doesn't think that the Giants were used as a pawn in the negotiation. Yeah. Um and honestly, I, I think if the Giants would have even gone a little bit further, had they even been given the chance, I mean, from everything we've read so far, I don't even know if the Giants were given another chance to make mm-hmm. a higher offer um, uh, unless it was under the consideration that the Giants said, this is uh, how high we can go and that's it. But uh, but the reality just kind of set in that, okay, he's not our guy. He's not yeah. he's not the guy who, who wanted to come here and be – and I, I believe leading up to it, I thought he was – and uh, I, I think that's why I was hurt when the decision was made as a Giants fan. I thought all along, okay, he wants to come up to his hometown team. He wants to come to his favorite team um, and go forward from that. But, you know, it's a business. And But, again, he's a loyal guy. He's loyal to the Yankees. He's loyal to the team that gave him the chance. He's loyal to the team he's been with for the last seven years. So, And, and that's him. why you'd want somebody like him. And I, and I think we bought into the fact that, you know, Steph Curry is tweeting with Judge, and sure. <laughs> the Giants players are, are sending Instagrams. Rich Aurelia, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody was trying to court him and and bring him in. My knee jerk reaction to it was, at least it happened early. Because yeah, could yes. you imagine if the Giants were pursuing him, pursuing him, pursuing him, and everyone goes off the board, and he's the last guy left, and you don't get him? Yeah. I mean. So at least now there's not now in hindsight, that was when it happened and several pieces have fallen off the board since, but uh, that was my first response in in my head. All right. Well, at least they have the money and there are other people to go out there, but free agency to me is wild because Nimmo is a good player, but he's not worth $168 million (laughs) or whatever they gave him in New York. I mean, that's, that's where the market is and it is ridiculous, ridiculous. I would have liked to see the Giants go, Aaron, 12 for 400, turn us down. And he he probably would have, but then yeah. at least I would be comfortable that they had the best offer and he turned them down. I guess that's kind of what San Diego did, right? Look, or at I'm least they were... San, Diego, San Diego got turned down. Can you yeah. imagine that? <laughs> After yeah. all of that and the, the Padres come in at the, the final hour? Yeah, no. that would be crazy. No. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Justin, um, I, I think what I'm going to do on uh, December 20th is I'm going to mute the TV and get the, the radio side going. There we go. Uh, and listen yeah. to you. But uh, tell people where they can find you, uh, social, any anything you want to plug. At Justin Allegri on, on Twitter. Uh, you'll I'll, I'll tweet out all the links to our broadcasts, and uh, and we'll get it going then. And then 8.60 a.m. KTRB on, on the 20th. That's where you can find us. We'll be talking Spartan football and hopefully uh, – famous idaho potato bowl victory <laughs> they get uh, they get french fries dumped on them instead of the gatorade bath oh you know? are, are they famous because they've been around along for a, a really long time they've been around sure this bowl uh, yeah there you go i like it yeah. well, I, you know, I, I don't know where the famous came from but uh yeah. but it is and yeah. and i always thought uh, i thought this is the opportunity for san jose state to where blue jerseys on the blue turf mm. in Boise because I've seen it enough on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if we're going to do that or not. We'll see. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> I love those blue jerseys. I'm, uh, you know, up here in Reno, it's, it's hard to find San Jose state stuff unless you go online and purchase it because everything you can go into a CVS into a drugstore and you've got UNR hats, yeah, yeah. UNR t-shirts, everything else. Well, what size are you? We come up there for hoops this year. I'll have to connect oh, with you. Well, there you go. I'm a, I'm a large in a t-shirt and a medium in a sweatshirt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, I, I went uh, a couple years ago, I went searching for some San Jose state gear and I think this, 
the student store, the student library still is the best place to get stuff. Yeah. Like, I've, heard, I've heard Costco's a good spot. Oh, really? Spot. Interesting. Uh, at least, at least in San Jose. I, I'm not the, admittedly, not that I've seen personally, but I think, I think there's some stuff there and some local stores have some things, but yeah, the student bookstore is the best spot to go or, or come on a game day and you could buy them at the game. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That That's, that's the go. thing that I was thinking of. Cause uh, I want to see the basketball team and I have a couple of stepsons who are getting into basketball. Uh, so that might be, that might be the thing to do. They're eight and, and three. They're actually looking pretty good this year. Yeah. 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 Got a couple more non-conference games against uh, UOP and Cal Poly. And then they get into to Mountain West play on the 28th of December against UNLV at home. There we go. And awesome. I think you said they haven't, they haven't had a record like this and a start like this since what? 96. Yeah. Um, wow. I, 96 97 that season they had a they had a hot start um all right best the best year i've seen was a 14 win season back in 2015 okay so, so 96 would have been olivier saint john yes. yes yeah it was that team that that won the big west tournament went to the ncaa tournament and lost to kentucky in the first round because of course, you get to play Kentucky. Yeah. Yes. We were competitive in the first yeah. half because I remember very clearly I had a midterm that day and teacher was like, you're joking, right? There's no way I'm postponing <laughs> any sort of test for any stupid basketball game. So I got to watch the first half race to take my test and then by the time i was done they were yeah, the, before before cell phones and you could get it on your phone yeah. watching class yeah. yeah exactly were you at san jose state that year garrett yes i was not there yet i was still at west valley junior college yeah and, uh, I, I was there and uh, right after that. i got i did a i did an interview with uh, what he's now Tariq. uh mm-hmm. uh, uh i did I an interview with him right before the draft actually so we did it for the radio station. So that was, were you, that was were you guys there for the College World Series team? That was in 2000. I was gone. That was the year after I left. Okay. I Funny enough, I was playing baseball with some of the guys after the College World Series. Mm. We, we were on a, I don't know if you remember, Steve Bonomo uh, was a pitcher for uh, San Jose State, but I played high school baseball with him and we had a semi-pro team. So when that College World Series was over, a lot of those guys came back and played wow. on that semi-pro mm-hmm. team. So, but we, of course, we tried to listen to it on the radio, but at that time it was a little harder to do. <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah. I was already out of broadcasting at that point. But, yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Uh, yeah. Good luck to the team. Good luck to you. Hope you have a really great broadcast and we'll check in. Uh, we'll check in with you and hopefully maybe, maybe I'll even get to see you if I come to a. Yeah. Yeah. A swing by. If you guys want to come out to a game, let me know. All right. All right, man. Sweet. Take care. Thanks I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was fun. The, the, it was uh, kind of a, it's, it's so fun talking to people who have, are, are living out sort of the dream in the way that, you know, for whatever reason, you and I couldn't do that. Right. Like we had to kind of change yeah. gears in our professions, but I, I like seeing that. I like seeing Justin working for the team and, you know, kind of doing a lot of the same things that you did. And he's, he's been able to stick around. So that was a really and cool, the really cool deal there. I know we ran out of time, but we've got to ask him next time because we'll have him on again for sure. Uh, we're such MLB the show fans. Yeah, that's the one that thing that we didn't he, get to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and he 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 has a voice uh, cameo. Well, I shouldn't even call it a cameo because he's really like the radio station voice on the MLB the show game. So if yeah. you've ever played the show and you hear the radio station, that that's Justin. So. Yeah, that's no, that's 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 a little cool thing for him too. Um, all right, so we mentioned uh, earlier that uh, you know our, our drinking segment. Justin was at the office, and so he couldn't obviously have a drink. You saw the Spartan logo in the background if you're watching on video. Uh, so instead, Brad and I were like, you know what, we're, we're we're gonna you know we're gonna back him up, and and so we're not gonna have uh, our normal drink. We'll bring the drinks back next week. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I just have a, a little bit of a Swanson bone broth here that I'm that I'm sipping on uh, during this show. So I don't know if it now. Are, are we not? Is it not? Are we not as fun? Maybe or are we a little bit boring? Today? I don't know. I, I no. I, I think we're just as fun, Garrett. Um, 
I'm speaking for myself. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I, you know what, when we, when I have a drink, when I do the show, uh, I think I, uh, sometimes I get a little faster in the mouth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I go a little quicker with my thoughts. Um, but, but no, explain to me what bone broth is. Cause I know you talk about that. I think I'm pretty sure you've told me before, but if anybody doesn't know what bone broth is, hit, hit us with that. So I think it's just they take the chicken bones and they grind them up and they turn it into, you know, with some of the liquid and, and some of the, the stuff and they turn it into a broth. And what is the difference between bone broth and like chicken broth? I don't know. The bones sort of have a little bit of like a healing thing to them, I think. Uh, it's just I think it's just. Overall, it's like kind of like a, a good snack to have, you know, if you were yeah. if you're someone who snacks on like potato chips and then you had like, mm, oh, no, yes, I do drink, drink some bone broth. <laughs> it's probably better for you. But, you know, it's just kind of just this thing. Who knows if it's even all that much better than uh, than, than a chicken broth or something. But I dig it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I've become to, to like it uh, a lot. So it's kind of like my, you know, my snack during the day. And sometimes if I um, <clears throat> excuse me. Because uh, I'm I'm someone who does the intermittent fasting, so I don't generally eat until like one o'clock p.m. Uh, sometimes, if I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna not eat until dinner, but I'll have a bone broth like between lunchtime and dinner time, and then I'll just have my my one meal later in the day. Like you know, sometimes you just feel like that, like ah, I'm not even that hungry. Like let's just see how how long I could push this off, and then you know you have a little bone broth for your for your meal there. All right, I'm gonna have to try this. It's gonna be a while. Uh, I had my my first old man preventative colonoscopy. Oh last yeah, week. I forgot. I forgot about. And that. Uh, so it's gonna be a while before I drink broth again. I can tell you that much because the the day before you can have broth, you can have Jello. Yeah, you can have. Uh, I have. I. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of of vitamin waters. Uh-huh, vitamin uh-huh. water zero because they yeah. have no sugar in them. Right. Uh, so I had quite a few of those. Uh, didn't sleep much. Was only up for. Uh, only slept about four hours the day before the procedure, and then had that. So yeah. So it's going to be a while before I have broth again. But I do. You know, uh, Denise brought uh, me some good stuff that I had last week for that. Uh, it's. Um, ginger miso soy oh yeah broth. and it was fantastic really enjoyed it so i like that uh i just went with um i made a coffee um with our ninja coffee maker and it's kind of like a concentrated two big scoops i always do a half calf um and i made it around three o'clock when i was doing some like cleaning around the house uh while i was waiting for some help desk calls for work and uh, I just never finished it. So I've been <laughs> sipping on it for almost three hours now. <laughs> so. Do you have it in like a, 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 a container that keeps it warm? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is okay, the uh, Corksicle is the yeah. brand. And they make, a, they make a Star Wars. So they have, uh, they have a really cool R2-D2, really cool C-3PO, Darth Vader one. Uh, but I thought this one, you know, Chewbacca. You, you can't go wrong. There you with go. He's yeah. kind of the baddest dude in the whole universe. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. All right. So we already we already got our judge takes out with uh, with Justin. So I want to move on and off of uh, off of one Aaron Judge, uh, and let's talk about some of the other stuff that happened. So one of the guys who was on both of our radars as not the guy to sign, but mm-hmm. an additive piece. Uh, the Giants did sign. Uh, I guess it officially signed today, but uh, last week is when we heard. I think it was the day after we we recorded. Mitch Haniger, uh, yeah. he will he will uh, be uh, an outfielder for them, and his numbers, um, you know, last year not as good because of injuries. He's going to have probably the they'll probably be very safe with him uh, as far as you know, making sure he gets enough rest and that he's not overworked and such. Because when his bat is right. He's booming him out uh, uh, of the park, and, and that is definitely um, something that the Giants need, especially from the right-hand side. But uh, what was your overall take on one Mitch Haniger becoming a San Francisco Giant? Even though he went to Mitty, I've always been a big <laughs> Mitch Haniger fan. Um, and, and again, power from the right side. 
Uh, and, and like you said, too, with the injury history, the Giants have always done a fantastic job, uh, you know, since Farhan came in, since uh, Kapler came in, of platooning guys, keeping guys healthy. So you've got Lamont Wade Jr., left-handed batter. So you can platoon with Lamont Wade Jr. Um, you've got Yaz. And uh, I, I think this is a great get. It's power. I know everybody thought it was a precursor to, oh, it's going to be Haneker. Oh, then it's going to be Judge. Yeah. And then, oh, maybe it's going to be Correa after that. Uh, it looks like we're down to Haneker and then possibly Correa. News today is that Correa and the twins are uh, co-leaders uh, for, <laughs> for the services of Carlos Correa. Uh, whatever that means, I don't know. We were also co-leaders for Aaron Judge. We were also co-leaders for Bryce Harper. We were, I, I just keep going on down the list. Um, but I, I love the Hanniger get. Um, he, he's not a, he's not a, you know, a plus outfielder, but I think he's a B outfielder, B plus mm-hmm. outfielder. Um, he's an upgrade basically over Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson can now be relegated to be a DH, um, pinch hitter, uh, even start the game. You can get uh, Jock Peterson a couple ABs uh, early in the game uh, and then swap them out for Hanniger, and then Jock's not going to hurt you in the outfield for seven or eight innings. Um, again, if you if you were to tell me it's, it's Hanniger and Manea, and that's your roundup for your off season, obviously thoroughly disappointed yes. uh, because we went into this off season with just buku money. Um, if they can add Korea and, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm very vocal about the fact that I am not a Korea guy. No, I'm just not a huge fan of Korea, but <laughs> that being said, this deep into free agency, everybody we've missed out on, uh, I would have rather have had Xander Bogarts, yeah. much rather have had Trey Turner. But from everything we've seen, all the numbers, everything else, Correa is a better player than both of those guys. Those guys got 280 for Bogarts, 300 for Trey Turner. I think we're probably going to be looking at like 350, probably 360, maybe even for Correa for eight or nine years, possibly even 10 years. Uh, and then that number could even go higher. Uh, he's a Scott Boris guy. So that, that yeah, cause he's the youngest, way, he's the youngest out of all those shortstops is the youngest out of all of them. He's won a platinum glove, not just a gold glove. He's won a platinum glove. And that is the best glove uh, in the American league for one season. And uh, the national league gets one as well. And he, he won that, that uh, I think it was two years ago. It might've been two years ago or 2019 can't remember exactly when it was but he has won a platinum glove the giants have said they need to shore up their defense in the middle of the field Uh, tyro estrada with correa uh then then again what do you do with with uh brandon crawford at that point is brandon crawford going to have to switch positions uh is carlos correa going to be able to play third base sure can he play second base most likely uh so you can have a crawford correa infield which would be really nice uh if you have a ground ball pitcher going um you know there's a lot of things i think you can do with correa uh brandon crawford's on the last season of his contract will they will he be renewed for another season if correa comes in that probably gets less likely as time goes on um so i yeah i i like hanniger as a step I like Manea as a step. I don't like them as the finished product of our offseason. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Now, okay, let's say. Now, this isn't our money, so I, I don't care. That's why I said not our money. 12 for 400 for Judge. Just go for it. You got to knock this guy's socks off. They did not do that. No. What if Correa, uh, what if that bidding gets too high? And how can you lose a bid to the Minnesota Twins, by the way? That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> if that That's more embarrassing than anything if they do not get Correa and Minnesota gets Correa. Yeah. And, if, and I, I mean, unless Correa fell in love with the, the city of uh, – or the state of Minnesota and just, and just fell in love with the Twin Cities, I don't know. Okay. What if you come out of this – with Manea, with Hannigan, and then it's Dansby Swanson. Now, from a name perspective, 
I think we all feel like Dansby Swanson is a big time letdown from the other shortstops that were out there. Though his numbers are, are probably a little closer to Correa's than we would even really, at least the last couple of years, than, than we would you know, probably want to admit. Why is Dansby Swanson that far of a drop-off in name value from a Carlos Correa? He is because he, he had a, a really, really good defensive season last year. But before that, defensively, he was okay. Uh, the Giants are not looking to get okay on the defensive front. They're looking to improve. Um, the other issue with Dansby Swanson, if you're a Giants fan and you don't like the streakiness of belt, you're going to absolutely <laughs> hate the two halves of Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson is a notorious slow starter. Yeah. The first two months of the season, you're going to be irritated. You're going to be grumpy. You're going to hate the situation you have with Dansby Swanson, but then you're going to love him the rest of the season. Um, so I think that's why he's such a drop-off from Correa. Correa, again, being a little bit younger. Uh, I don't know if he's even younger than Swanson. Swanson I, is 28. Okay. Uh, he'll be 29 in two months. Correa is uh, just turned 28 a couple months ago. Yeah, and with Correa, you've got to deal with the baggage of the cheating scandal again. As us Giants fans say, they cheated the Dodgers out of a World Series title. So, <laughs> eh, who cares that much? Yeah, uh, The Dodgers have already said that they're not going to uh, pursue him because of that. The fans, they yeah. think the fans would have an issue with that. And I, I can see that. I mean, you know, if that happened to us... I can absolutely see that. That would be a slap in the face. You you want uh, you want to know my thoughts on that? I think yeah. I absolutely. think it's a little bit less of that, and they've spent a lot of money of late, and they want to see if their young players can can kind of come through for them. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a splashy thing to bring in a Correa, and if it's not a hundred percent win for the fans, and you're like, okay, like. What you know, maybe 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 we we spent so much money of late. Maybe we take a pass here and see if we can do it. And then if not, then then they just make a trade. That's you know for for prospects because they have so many of them. Okay, so well, just the, the, just so you know, the other issue that they're dealing with that the Dodgers are dealing with that's been written up in the L.A. Times a lot lately is they don't know how much they are going to still owe Trevor Bauer. Yes, once the lawsuits are over, once everything is done, they're not exactly sure if they're going to be in the hundred million dollar range or if it's going to be less than that. But they know it's going to be somewhere up in the 50, 60, 70 million dollar range that they're going to owe him. And at that point, they're not going to have a whole lot of money left to play around with because that goes towards the luxury tax cap and all that other good stuff. So, right, right. Uh, okay. So the main, the main differences, um, Correa is overall, he's just a better hitter and he's going to get on base a little bit more. Their, their home run numbers are comparable. Dansby just strikes out way more than, uh, yes. than than Correa does. So from an offensive perspective, there is a little bit of drop off to it to a Dansby. I don't know if it's a two hundred million dollar drop off or whatever he's going to get, but there there is a drop off, and uh, he you know I I do wonder if um are are you signing Dansby to play shortstop for the next eight years or seven years? I I don't know if that is the case. Uh, okay, so the other deal that the Giants uh, made, and uh, this happened last night, was uh, Sean Manea, as we kind of hinted at when we were talking to Justin. Sean Manea had a bad year last year. He was bad. <laughs> yeah. They signed him two-year deal, $25 million. He has an opt-out after the one, so just like the Correa deal where he could opt out, he is trying to put his, uh, his long-term pr uh, prospectus as a, as a good player. He's trying to put that back together. And so the Giants are the team, you know, the – team that is willing to do that right like they 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 do this often which is let's uh you know let's let's give Dave Sclafani a shot to reclaim his career let's give Radon a shot to do it Alex Cobb was last year so this is kind of what they do if this like like you said if this is the second big hit of the offseason I think the Giants should be 
under a lot of pressure from this fan base. So let's hope that it is not because if it is an additive piece, like we said, Hanniger was, I think it's fine. Um, although I saw, you know, Saris tweeted something to basically say a lot of his stuff was, uh, either average or below average, except his changeup uh, had a, a lot of drop. Uh, and then his slider velocity, there was something about slider velocity that was good, but it's not like they're bringing in this guy to throw 97 like Radon and get strikeouts. So right. that means this defense that we've been talking about has to shore up as well because he's not going to strike out a bunch of guys and Brandon Nimmo didn't happen. There's not many other outfielders defensively who are out there. So then you kind of go, okay, well, is it Brian Reynolds? And as we talked about last uh, last show, the price tag for for Brian Reynolds is like not that far away from like the Juan Soto price tag, right? So that that yeah. doesn't seem like it's in the card for the Giants. Maybe there are some other outfielders who, you know, maybe are, are, didn't have a great year last year who can come in and be the the project or whatever for them uh, on the cheap that could be a scenario for the giants but uh yeah i i think they they still have so, some holes here i would like to see another bat and and if that's correct i will be happy with that um if uh, the, and they probably do need another starter so if we met we've mentioned ross stripling uh, i know grant brisby on his write-up on Manea today he wrote you know Syndergaard or Kluber or these guys who are kind of near the tail end. And, you know, they're probably one, one or two years at a, at a high value. They, they do need another, another person like, you know, the, this rotation, if, if they don't re-sign Radon, which it sounds like they're not out of the running, but I don't know, uh, Farhan and seven years for Carlos Radon, they don't feel like that's like a match made in heaven. <laughs> So yeah, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of question marks. I think for the free agency here for for this period for the Giants, and I know a lot of fans are pretty just like again, are we yeah. gonna do this again? Uh, I know yeah. Susan Slusser has mentioned that we still are in the like you said, still in the running for Radon seven years. Yeah, that that is, it just doesn't sound like it's us. And if it is. I, I say Farhan has decided that we, you know, and management has decided we need to start kind of going with what the trends of free agency are yeah. right now. The trends of free agency. I mean, if we get Rodon for seven years and some ridiculous amount of money, all of a sudden Giants fans are also going to look at why didn't we get Gossman for five years, a hundred and whatever million it was last year. Um, they're going to be frustrated by that. But Carlos Rodon, if he can stay healthy, is a dominating pitcher, as we've seen. Yes. And, 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 and we would enjoy that for the next seven years, possibly more like the next four, maybe five years. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there, there's still a lot, Brian Reynolds, another one frustrating because as a Giants fan, we had him and, and now we have to give up prospects to get him back. So, so that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, center field is going to be a very Difficult. And, and again, I don't I don't doubt that at some point Farhan can pull off a trade for a center fielder, a defensive center fielder um, at some point. I, I we're talking maybe even April, May. I mean, he's done it before. Uh, Kevin Pillar's out there, by the way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We've already gone down that road. Um, so, yeah, uh, like you were saying, too, with Manea really rough against right-handers uh you know but if he can pitch to contact if he can drop his walks down i think his walks went up from what i was reading to like 7.3 per nine this past that's season crazy. but but he's always been a control guy so that's an outlier and they've yeah. gone up and up and up um he's a fast worker and now with the pitch clock that's going to be a good thing he, he works as fast as logan webb does so you've got two fast starters um, keep the defense on their toes and, and, and again, got to shore up that defense. So Carlos Correa up the middle again, Carlos Correa at second base Crawford at shortstop and then Tyro can come off the bench uh, or, or spell those guys on off days. Um, and Tyro, he really came around as a defender 
towards the second half of the season last year. So I don't, I don't discount him as much. I know his defensive metrics were just God awful at the beginning of the season, but man, he still makes some great plays. Um, still some bonehead plays around the bag at second base as we've seen that before. Uh, and then you're going to have Lamont Wade jr. As of right now over at first base. Um, so yeah, there's, I mean, there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, I, I hate to, I hate to see the report cards. We've already seen report cards that are coming out for the off season. It's not even Christmas yet. And we're getting report cards for the off season. You can go to the MLB, uh, free agent tracker and still see hundreds of free agents out there. I mean, it's yeah. not over yet. It's, you know, long ways to go. Yeah. All right. Well, the free agency will probably keep us busy throughout the end of this year as we, oh, yeah. uh, we only have, uh, what is that? Two, two more shows. Let me think. So 19th and then 26th. And then, yeah, two more shows for the yeah. end of the year. This is uh, this is episode 129, by the way. That's how many shows we've done. Wow. We might have to do the 20th. I think the Rams play Monday night. Okay. Next week. In Green Bay, the frozen tundra with the great Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and then on the 20th, uh, we, we'll be able to recap the, uh, the Spartans yeah. game, too. That's All right. true. Yep. All right. So we are done here. I want to thank Justin uh, for jumping on with us. And it's it's nice to see somebody from our alma mater still doing good stuff. And hopefully he gets his name out there even more. Uh, re- really cool. Really cool story. And, and I'm Absolutely. glad that we were able to chat with him. And hopefully, like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll chat with him again down the line. Uh, maybe maybe uh, during the season when, when the uh, San Jose Giants are playing again. All right. So for Brad... I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.